Susan. Thank you, Christine. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. morning. Great to have you on this beautiful day. Uh, My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm uh, your senior pastor here at the Warm Heart Church. It's a joy to see each and every one of you here this morning. If you're joining us online, God bless you. Whatever day you're watching, uh, we just pray that you find God's blessings in today's service, for we are certainly blessed to have you join us today. Uh, just a few announcements. If you were here for the McLeese service yesterday, thank you for your support for the family. Janiel, if you're watching, uh, our love and support still go out with you today. Um, and thank you to the choir and all the musical groups who helped, who helped yesterday's service. Um, you found a place to park. That's good. Uh, the, every, every time I go out there, it's different. So I know they're working. I know they're doing stuff. Uh, the pipes are now gone. There's still two like big piles of dirt out there. And I, I, I won't say which kid it was, but uh, not too long ago, my 20-year-old, I won't say which kid, but my 20-year-old, <laughs> 
says, Dad, can I, can I go climb that? I'm like, you're 20, you're not seven. Like, it does look like fun, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does look like that. Hopefully, hopefully sometime soon we'll get our parking back there and, and all will be well. Um, it looks like you're ready for announcements, Keith. Yeah, I am. All right, I'm, I'm going to go sit over here. Yeah, okay. Uh, on the back of your... Uh, I'm, my name is Keith Gabriel, and I'm your worship leader for today. And uh, on the back of your uh, program, I guess it's a program, isn't it? Bulletin program, bulletin. you're good. Yeah, that's that's more churchy name for it, bulletin. <laughs> um, our parents' night out and uh, uh, some other things there that uh, are of interest, the card makers. And Lisa asked me to make an announcement about ladies' night out. If you want to go to the movie, you need to let her know so she can buy the tickets. So get together with her as soon as you can. Very good. Now, did any of the choir have problems getting a parking place this morning? No. no. So the, the secret is, is if you'd like to get a parking place here, is join the choir. <laughs> <laughs> and we were discussing in, in uh, the pastor's parlor before we came in uh, about artificial intelligence. And I, I know God's got a plan, but it concerns me. And I'm sure it would concern you. Uh, last week I called Tony's Pizza. It, they answered the phone, AI Pizza. And I said, I'm sorry, I got the wrong number. And they said, no, we bought it last week. Now, I was talking to a machine. I wasn't talking to a person. And um, I, I said, I'd like to order a pizza. And they said, do you want your usual and I said, according to your caller ID, uh, you ordered the last eight times an extra large pizza with three cheeses, sausage, pepperoni, mushrooms, and meatballs on a thick crust. I said, that sounds good. I'd like to order that. And they said, can we recommend, though, a pizza with ricotta, arugula, sun-dried tomatoes, olives on a whole wheat gluten-free thin crust? I said, I don't want a vegetarian pizza. They said that they cross-reference with my phone number to my medical records. (laughs) They had my blood test for the last seven years. (laughs) They said my cholesterol was not very good. I told them that I'd take medication for cholesterol. They told me I had not been taking it regularly. (laughs) According to my pharmacy records, I I last took a 30-day supply four months ago, and I have not renewed it. I told them that I bought it at another pharmacy. They said that it does not show on my visa bill. I said I paid in cash. They said according to my bank statement, I, I had not drawn out enough money to pay for it. I told them that I had another source of cash. They said that doesn't show up on my last tax return. (laughs) If I was using undeclared income, that was against the law. I kind of exploded at that time and said some things and told them that I was looking for a desert island someplace off the grid, no Facebook, no twixting, tweeting, and all of that stuff. And where nobody could watch me. 
and they understood how I felt, but I would need my passport and it expired two months ago. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. <laughs> what do you do with it? Artificial intelligence. Honestly, I'll just take any intelligence at this point. Whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Let's take a moment to greet those around us in Christian love and then remain standing for the hymns.
Affirmation of Faith, which can be found in your hymnal on 887 or on the screen. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril? No, in all things we are more than conquerors through the one who loved us. We are sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. Unless you're a kiddo like fifth grade and down, this is your time in worship. Come on down. headphones on oh okay okay oh but isn't it fun to listen to headphones do you have it so back in my day because i'm old we used the headphones that we had they were little little tiny sponges that you put on your ear and connected and you had to have connected to a cord to a big thing right here and i got these for christmas and they're awesome they're not connected to anything how do i listen to music yeah. You can plug them in. My phone. My phone has the music. And through the magic of technology, I could, I could listen to stuff on here. And so now I could listen to anything I want just, just from here. What's kind of fun is uh, through Bluetooth technology uh, is, what that, is what this is. So my phone could also hook up to, to the speaker in the living room, and it could hook up to uh, other things. My oldest son, who's 20, I won't name him, but he's 20, uh, he has <laughs> got a theme going. He, uh, he's got his phone hooked up to, to his mom's car, right? So he could play music on the car, and it's kind of fun, like if we're traveling, like in two cars, and I'm, I'm, be, I'm in the car behind my wife, and Christian's with me. I, I'm sorry, my 20-year-old's with me. And if we're close enough, he could play with my wife's radio from the car in the back and just mess her over like, I could change the channel, and just put on Jurassic Park theme or something, something crazy. It's kind of crazy. Well, we listen to these when we want to kind of block out everything else. If if I'm walking or if I'm on the treadmill or if I'm just, just goofing around the house vacuuming or something, I could put these on and just... Just kind of tune out the rest of the world, which sometimes is nice. Sometimes I should probably pay more attention to what's going on in the world around me. Like if I'm at the dinner table, would it be rude if I was just, hey, the whole family is here at dinner time and I'm I'm just going to ignore you for a while. Is that okay? 
no, no, probably not the right time. Well, I can listen to whatever I want just from here, and that's pretty cool. The question I have is, how do we listen to God? How do we listen to what God's saying? Can I put that through my phone? No. Not so much, can I? No. I could maybe do a Bible verse, a Bible verse of the day kind of thing. I could do that. But a lot of times, yeah. I could pray. That's the number one way. That is the way to talk to God. And that's also the way to listen to. A lot of times we think praying is us talking. Half of praying is us also listening. Like, what do you want me to do today, God? Well, the number one place that we find God's word is actually in the Bible. We talk to God through prayer, but we learn more about God through the Bible. And today we have a special presentation of Bibles. But uh, before we get to that, I want to read you one scripture verse about how God wants us to know about him. And it's from Deuteronomy chapter 32. It says this, listen, you heavens, and I will speak. Hear you, earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain and my words descend like dew. Like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. God doesn't have Bluetooth, but he does have his word that he wants to give to us. And at this time, I want Malia to come on up. Malia is our children's minister. Can you all say hi, Malia? Hi. We're passing out third grade. Can you tell us just real quick, as loud as you can, what we're doing? And Okay, so it's a lovely for our third graders, they receive a Bible of their own, and in the next four weeks, we are going to meet after Sunday school, where they will um, learn about the Bible, learn about where to find if they're going through something, um, where to look for it, and why we have the Bible, and what it means to us as Christians. So they get to have one of their own, and go to it whenever they need inspiration, or guidance, or anything like that. And if you're a third grader above and you didn't get your Bible yet and you're not part of today, let Malia know and we will, we will take care of it. So a part of this uh, Bible presentation, I'll have a few words. You'll get your Bible and then the congregation will have a few words. And hopefully it'll be up on the screen because I can't remember it. There we are. <laughs> Receive the word of God. Learn its stories and study its words. Its stories belong to all of us and these words speak to all of us. They tell us who we are. They tell us that we belong to one another, for we are the people of God. We rejoice in this day, your journey with God. We pray God will guide you, your family, and us. As you use this holy Bible in your home, in your church school classes, and in our worship, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thanks be to God. Can you say it loud for everyone to hear? There you go. The word of the Lord. James. Bless you. The word of the Lord. Naomi. The word of the Lord. Vera. The word of the Lord. And then we have a couple kiddos who weren't here or are a little shy, so for them, the word of the Lord as well. All right. 
Thanks for coming down today, guys. I hope you enjoy Sunday school or going back to your parental unit today. God bless. Good morning, church. 
what are the prayers of our church family this morning? If you have any prayer requests or concerns that you would like to share with one another, this is the time of our service where we share those things aloud. And then I will lead us in our pastoral prayer and then the Lord's Prayer, and the words will be on the screen. stand for our next congregational song.
The readings this morning you'll find uh, in your pew Bible or on the screen. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go dare to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools, who do not know that if they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. The second reading comes from the New Testament, the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 and 23a. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went on the mountainside by himself to pray. May God add his blessings to the readings of his word. Thank you. So this might surprise a couple of you. I'm an introvert. I love people, don't get me wrong, but my modus operandi is in a quieter place. I don't like crowds. I just, I just don't do them. Mall at, the, at, at Christmas time, forget it, right? Not a fan. Nightclubs, not a chance. The DMV, right out. That might be a universal thing, though. Football or baseball stadiums, I'll stomach because it's um, more of an audience member sort of thing. And, and if, you, if someone would come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Mike, tomorrow you get to go to Disneyland or you get to mow my lawn, I would think about it. <laughs> like, which, oh, man. Uh, I, I, I do like Disneyland. I like, Haunted Mansion's awesome, but public speaking, don't care for it. <laughs> I hide behind a pulpit or I have to have this. Like I just... Deer in the headlights, freeze. <laughs> All right, I'm better, I'm better. I have something in front of me, we're good. I could sit in the car for hours. No radio on, just driving. Let your words be few, right? My wife, whom I love is not an introvert. She is an extrovert. A supersized vert. Big time vert. And if we're both in the car, we're one minute in, she'll say, you know, I got no radio, and she'll say, you've got to talk to me. And we make it work, like most couples. She bore my children, picks up after us, feeds us, keeps, keeps us in line, and I have to talk in the car, so we're even. That's, that's even. <laughs> Now, this sermon is about solitude, which is exactly what I'll get if I keep bringing up family stories and sermons. <laughs> but it's a practice that we have forgotten. This whole sermon series, we began in January, we're going all the way through Easter, are some of the traditions that Christians have followed for, for many a centuries. And believe it or not, solitude is in there, going off to a quiet place. Somewhere we've lost that. In our world, most of us, most of us are never alone. 
by ourselves for any periods of time. And I think we're missing out. There are times in the Bible when Jesus tells us to specifically do these things. Go when you fast, when you pray, when you give. Go ye therefore into all the world. He, go love each other. He tells us to do things. And there's other practices that are not expressly said to go do, but we're to follow their example. Uh, these are biblical, there's no biblical mandate to do such and such, but they're good ideas. And they're modeled by the saints in the past. And I believe solitude is one of them. The best way to learn about the value of solitude is to just to take a few snippets from Jesus' life. He role modeled this for us. We're fortunate that the Bible shares a number of times where Jesus went off to a solitary place. This was a celebrity who could not get away from the crowds, and yet he chose solitude to be free of people at a few times in his life. So we're just going to hit a couple vignettes in his life when he went away, and maybe it has something to say to us today. First, Jesus sought solitude to prepare for a major task. We read in Luke that after Jesus was baptized, he spent how many days out there in the desert? 40 days out there in the desert. And he was tempted by the evil one. There's a, there's, there's a good old evil one right there, tempting Jesus. You could have all, you could have all these things. Uh, and he tempted him with food. He tempted him with power. All these things. And Jesus went away for 40 days just, just, to, just to prepare himself for this, uh, for this public ministry he's about to begin. Many times before the big game, I remember watching the Super Bowl just a couple weeks ago. Go Chiefs. And they were watching the Super Bowl. I'm just happy it's not produce section so no one can throw tomatoes because they're not in season yet. Um, but before the game, you, you, people, the players had their headphones on or they were just quietly just getting ready. Uh, they, they weren't walking around high-fiving each other. They weren't jovial. They were, they were in the zone getting ready. Right before walking down the aisle many years ago, I, had, I remember I had 15 minutes alone in the groom's room just, just to get ready for the wedding. Before a major surgery, they sometimes escort the families out, don't they? So the, so the patient has just a few minutes just to get ready for this. Another time, Jesus looked for solitude after a period of hard work. There were times in his teachings or his, or his healings or in his miracles that right afterwards, it says that Jesus went away. If Jesus needed to do that, how about us? He even told his disciples to take a day. Out of Mark chapter 6, says this, Jesus sent them out two by two. And when they came back, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You need rest. You need some alone time, downtime. Maybe it's in the hills. Maybe it's at the beach. Maybe it's at home. How many of you can uh, finish this phrase for me? Calgon. 
You'll have to explain to the younger folk what that means. Why, 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 what Calgon is. If Jesus, the Son of God and all that is holy, needs to take a break, maybe it's good advice for us as well. Another time that Jesus went away. Uh, In Scripture, Matthew chapter 14, Jesus just learned that his cousin, John the Baptist, had been executed. King Herod was not a nice guy. These stakes are pretty high. This was in the chapter that we have. This is in the chapter that that we have that that Keith read for us today. Let me read the the, the passage right before what, what Keith read. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Maybe he left because he might have been next. But I believe that he left because even the Son of God has to grieve. There are times that you just need alone time to cry. Somewhere we lost a little bit of that along the way. I don't want to go back to the olden times, the olden times where where there were such rules and regulations about how to grieve. But we did lose something in there a little bit. Not too long ago, maybe in the memories of some of our folk here, there were definite times of mourning. Remember the days when you had to wear black for these amount of days? No jewelry for a month? The first six months were heavy mourning, the next six months, light mourning, and there were rules about when you can go in and come out. The widow didn't even consider going on a date for a year and a day. I've read that in Miss Manners' book from 1930. A piece of solitude, a period of solitude is healing for the soul. Being around people is great, but don't try to replace the person you lost right away. It's, it's not healthy. Another time that Jesus got up and left, he, he went away before making an important decision. In some of the places in the Bible, he went away and then he came back with, with, with an important decision. Luke chapter 6 says this, early in his ministry, Jesus spent the whole night alone in prayer. And the very next day, he chose his 12 disciples. Before making a major decision, let it sit with you. Ponder it. Mull it over. It's hard to ponder and mull things over if, if, if you're more concerned about who gets the rose or who gets voted off the island. What do they say right before a major pers- purchase? You're supposed to sleep on it for a day? Yeah. Before you buy your next car, sleep on it. N- not on the car, but sleep on the... Wait. <laughs> you know what I mean. Wait, wait for the next day. Solitude helps clear the air, clear your mind before the task before you. Uh, It wasn't a major decision, but I remember in my last year of seminary, we had to do like a 30-page dissertation. 
And it was, it was the big one. Like, you don't, if you don't, if you don't get this right, you don't graduate. And I, I, I booked a retreat center three hours away, spent a whole week hammering that thing out. Cause it would have, it would have been different if I was just at the table or on the couch trying to, trying to do this thing with, with friends and family of mine. Pastor friend of mine goes off on a retreat every year, maps out the sermons for the next, for the next season, gets away. Some churches have retreats to help solidify their leadership and discern what God wants for them. 26 years, I've never done a church-wide you know, leadership retreat. Maybe, maybe we'll have to try that sometime. But for you, before major decisions, spend some time alone and see if the world gets a little clearer. Jesus needed a clear head to choose the right disciples. He needed the right disciples. Because if he would have picked Larry, Daryl, and his other brother, Daryl, it would have been a different faith. <laughs> Just saying. Again, younger people, that's uh, old. T- Never mind. Forget it. <laughs> Last one. Jesus also chose solitude in a time of distress. Towards the end of Luke, hours before Jesus was arrested, He went to the Mount of Olives and went a short distance away from his disciples to pray. He was in great emotional agony knowing what he was about to face, and the solitude gave him strength and power. It was him and God, God and him. God, if this this cup could be passed, let it happen. But if not, thy will be done. Think about it. He left the group, and he went up on the hill. He could have just kept on walking. He could have been all the way to Galilee before they knew he was gone. But the solitude gave him strength. I think he found strength and clarity in his moments of aloneness. The times that I'm in distress or worrisome, I find that a long walk does the body and the soul a little bit of good. Now, just to to highlight, some of you are alone a lot. Maybe by choice, maybe not by choice. So that's, that's I'm, we're not, I'm not preaching at you right now. Like, Pastor Mike, I'm alone all the time, and I'm, 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 I'm good with it. I, I need to go out and see people. That's, that's not what we're hitting here. Loneliness and solitude are two different things, okay? There are people who are lonely who are surrounded by people, and there are people who are totally alone who are not lonely. Loneliness has to do with connection. Solitude is a time of just you and you and God, God and you. Maybe I'll do a loneliness sermon sometime, but it's, it's not today. Just to say, many times in Jesus' ministry, he spent time alone in prayer, in solitude, in figuring things out, to cry, to refresh himself, to find purpose. Solitude is a spiritual discipline that reminds you of who you are, what you're called to be. And once again, be thankful for the people that you're coming back to. This Lent, I've purposefully gone on walks, like like long walks. There are times that I listen to music on my brand new headphones, thanks to my kids who got that. Or on my phone, I listen to sermons from preachers that I like. Right? Right? Just walk in silence. Watching the day move along, or like the other night, seeing Orion go from over here to over here. Just be. And I found it to be a blessing. So I, my prayer for you is today is this. Take a moment this week and just be. 
If Jesus was called to moments and periods of solitude, maybe it's good for us as well. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen. As we come time to the offertory, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate to the giving to this church. You make this place happen. I see Don, come on on up, so I won't be alone up here on the stage. Don's got a word or two to share with us today. Good morning. Good morning. I am here today to give you an update on how we stand financially after two months shy one Sunday today. I've been in Texas for the last 11 days, around my family and friends, so if I sound a little redneck, you will know the reason. Some southern expressions might come out of my talk this morning, so don't feel ashamed or under or misunderstood. I'll explain it if you need me. It is estimated that after two months, we will be a plus 4,000 financially. That is a great position to be in at this time of year. But the situation is not all high cotton. Our trustees have discovered that we need to repair the roof over this building. Not this building, building, but the Northex and the Education Wing. Excuse me. They must be fixed sooner than later. We didn't want those lovely kids that came down here as they go to Sunday school have to walk around buckets that are catching rainwater that's have leaked through the roof. And we don't want to have you enter the sanctuary when the rain is coming down or the leaks from the roof. So we need to fix it. Have you priced a roof job lately? Not cheap. We have estimates and the Ad Council has approved $54,000 for this project. The education wing will go first. Kids always come first. And it will begin as soon as the weather allows. The Northex will be hampered by the construction on Idaho Street. And it may be some inconvenience, but it will be a short-time sacrifice for a long-time gain. My wife kids me all the time about what I am going to say. So here I go. We are fixing to begin a campaign to fix the roof. I am asking each of you to give a little extra in your offering until we raise the $54,000 needed. This should be above your regular gift. We still must meet our regular obligations. Please signify on your check or your online gift that this is to be used to fix the roof. Once again, I am asking you to reach out above and beyond for a special need. You have never let me down. May God continue to bless the Church of the Warm Heart and the Fix the Roof Project. The educational building is 70 years old this year, if you can believe that. It's time, time for a roof. It's, uh, when you're up there putting up Christmas lights, you would walk and you would feel your like sink just a little bit in each, each step. Uh, about a month ago when we had, month ago? Was it a month ago when we had no church? Man, it seems like a while ago. Uh, I came here on Sunday. We didn't have church, but I, got, I came here uh, just to check out the building and uh, see people who didn't get the word. Uh, but I'm sitting out here, and uh, when, you, when you walk outside these, if you go walk outside these doors here by the windows, uh, I'm not saying that the water's leaking there, 
But icicles this big uh, were it would have been a death trap <laughs> for us walking underneath there. We were walking underneath icicles like, oh, bad, bad, bad. Thank you for your gifts and for your love of the Church of the Warm Heart. Let us receive the offertory and the gift of music.
but let's let's stand and sing our doxology and our share in our prayer. song, uh, kind of a footstopper. Do Lord, do Lord, do Lord, remember me. for our coffee hour. It's right outside these doors, to the left, across the alley, in the building next door in our Family Life Center. Everyone is welcome to come and and just get to know the people around you a little bit more. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that as we celebrate this second Sunday of Lent, may God's love, peace, and blessings go with you all. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.